Welcome back to My Steps to Sobriety, the show on YouTube and podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. And today's another great day for an interview. And I have got Bridget Botella with me. Bridget is an autoimmune health warrior, an autoimmune health reclaimer. Um, she is here with me in the show, and I'm privileged to have the chance to walk through her story with her and learn from her the salient lessons, the lessons that many of you will be able to use in your own lives. We will talk quite a lot of medicine in this in this uh, podcast and I will try to use the, the try to break either funny words or concepts uh, down so don't get too too uh, worried about the, the text autoimmune disease etc on the flip side many of you will say yeah bring it on because autoimmune diseases are actually quite common out there and a lot of people have them so therefore, Bridget, I'm so, so pleased that you're on my show. Thank you so much for making the time and effort to come onto the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Mm, absolutely. Bridget, you were, we both met on a, on a discussion forum, on a podcast forum, and your story stuck out to me. And uh, I immediately thought, oh, wow, I need to learn from that woman what worked for her and how her life is. So let's go back when you were, let's say, 13, 14, 15, and you sort of just, your, your mind certainly starts to think about what will I want to do when I grow up? What were your plans? What did you try to do? What was your vision? Oh, yes. Really hopping in the time machine. Mm. I, um, you know, that's a great question. I think like a lot of folks who grew up in my generation, we really were pushed to, at least in my case, do more than my parents had done. I really grew up being motivated to, um, you know, go to the best college, get the best education I could with the idea of getting the best job I could. And I am very grateful for a lot of what that upbringing taught me, but it really you know, if I'm thinking back about my 13 to 15 age self, I was pretty intense. I was anxious all the time. I was, um, you know, what I saw as motivation at the time. Um, and, you know, really had my sights set on, you know, being and doing the best. And um, it now looking back on it, and it definitely does has affected my health journey. You know, I was pretty stressed out all the time. And um, yes, had a lots of hopes and dreams and ambitions and things I wanted to achieve. But, um, you know, I think there was a lot going on in my world at that time that has then influenced how I now see my life and, and how I look back on you know, my journey in health, which we'll be talking about. I guess that is the curse of us generations because every single generation before us wants to make sure that their children are safe and better off. And in different generations, that meant different things. But we are, of course, in, a, in such a time warp where the values of even the last generations now mean bugger all, the famous uh, working 50 years in one place and getting the wristwatch and being proud of it um, is virtually no longer there. People change their jobs like like everything. And it is, it is hard. To, I can see where your parents came from because uh, to a certain degree, I am just doing the same or have been trying to do the same with my children, just 17 and 19 now. And yes, there are frictions because yes, of course, I would love to do them more. And it is what it is. Um, 
even going back 3,000 years, Plato wrote a, a famous piece where he was complaining about the, the new generation. And when you read that, that, that short paragraph, you think, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's Joe from down the road who's talking about his son. In reality, it's 3,000 years ago. Even then, same story. So nothing is changing. Right. It's the curse. It's the curse of generations. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but okay, so the, the anxiety, did you seek any help at that time? Were you uh, in a position to have insight enough that you say, well, uh, I see a, a school counselor or see a psychologist or a health coach or so? No, I actually didn't. And that what was so interesting. I think I started learning more about my journey with multiple sclerosis when I started seeing a therapist, which was maybe only six or seven years ago. And so it was definitely relatively later in my life that I learned more about myself in that sense. And that as far as I can remember that I had suffered from anxiety, which I think is common for a lot of people. It's so hard to realize that. And so um, at the time, no, had no idea. I just thought that's how things were supposed to go. And that's how my body was supposed to feel all the time, like on high alert. <laughs> that's a really nice way of putting it. Instead of labeling it anxiety, being on high alert. Mm -hmm. uh, very nice way. But you sounded like a, like a good girl. You were trying to work hard. You were trying to please all the masters um, and, and trying to burn yourself out a little bit on, on the way. But then something happened. Um, around about 18 is normally when you sort of go towards uh, college, university, things like that. What happened around that time? What was actually the time frame? Yes. So when I was just about to turn 18, it was the fall of my sophomore year of college. I had um, just moved back into my apartment for that school year and um, started experiencing some unusual symptoms. And it was this weird tingling sensation in what started was my right leg. And then it became the lower portion portion of my body. Of course, I had never experienced anything like this. Um, for folks who are curious, it almost feels like when your foot is asleep, but if you could imagine that being in a larger portion of your body. And so a few weeks passed and you know, I just moved, so my parents weren't in town or anything <clears throat> and really started to get concerned because it wasn't going away. And so that day, luckily my parents do have more or less close by, I told them I was checking myself into the school clinic to try and figure out what was going on. And uh, it seemed to flash by, but a couple of days later, and after a couple nights in, you know, urgent care, I had been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Typically, they would have told you a name, but did you know at that time what multiple sclerosis is? Did you, there was no biology, there was no, no health background that you somehow got, got knowledge there? No, not so, at all. <laughs> so you had tingling body mm -hmm. and now you have got that funky name that they gave you and what, what did that mean for you? Did, did someone sit down with you and explain maybe over an hour or two, a bit more about the, the problem? They did, more or less. Initially, over the course of 24 hours, they had thrown quite a few potential diagnoses at me, which um, all of them sounded terrible. And so it was finally nice to have some closure when they could put a name to it. And, you know, I knew nothing about it. My family knew very little about the, the details, I think they had heard about it. Um, you know, more or less, they explained it as a neurological autoimmune disorder that essentially um, affects your nerve endings and the myelin sheaths of your nerves. And so when those do deteriorate and there is inflammation, that's when we feel the symptoms that I was feeling. And I always mention too that you know, this was back in 2007 and um, 
you know, there wasn't a robust community online that had uh, positive and more specific information about the disorder. And so, in fact, the first doctor I talked to told me not to go online and look it up because the information I would find would actually be quite scary and not necessarily tailored specifically to my case. And um, so even for a while, I, I was very afraid of learning more because it was it was hard to navigate where I should learn this information from. And you have just described the journey of every single person with a chronic disease. And I would have echoed the comments of my colleague at that time because there were there was just so much not rubbish out there I wouldn't call it in a negative way it was people who were not out there to to educate but rather to be frustrated angry um, and give their side of the story which might not be reflective of the majority of cases with MS or chronic pain or whatever it is so you're quite right. Uh, it is very, very intriguing when you look out there. I remember around about on a uh, maybe maybe five years before that, I was preparing for an exam. So I looked up uh, the side effects of putting a little tube into the the speck of the the women in labour, um, so to give them pain relief for. Uh, their childbirth, so an obstetric epidural. And I looked online and I suddenly found this perfect list of every single thing that could go wrong with such an obstetric epidural. And for me, that was exactly the, the exam answer I was looking for. So I was busily copying, it was beautifully referenced, it was really nice. And then I thought, hell, this must have taken days if not months to compile and I looked who actually was that and it was a center for holistic childbirth in other words Dr. Sariva right and okay so you have to look not just what is out there but why do people write it and so it is a very very important lesson for all of you guys who end up in a similar scenario uh, you need to get. You need to learn more than your doctor knows about your problem. Number one. Number two is you need to be able to distinguish bullshit from really more sensible information. And thirdly, you need to realize that you can't do it alone. So nowadays we are so lucky because there are forums of people out there who are serious about learning about their particular problem and who discuss things amongst them uh, in those forums. It doesn't matter if you're from the UK or Scandinavia or uh, America. Um, if you have got MS in this case, then at least you can come together and talk. So just that caveat, because I've seen, I've seen some not so nice things happening there too. Wow, so that was that was a hard bit. Um, do you do you want to share a little bit uh, from your point of view what MS is? There's not. I mean, I know it. You know it. But our our uh, viewers and listeners out there know probably not so much about it. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, the way I like to explain it in plainer terms is that. You know, and of course, there are a lot of common um, symptoms in the way that any autoimmune disease manifests in the body. But with MS specifically, um, there is some confusion in your body and in your immune system. And so um, your immune system will pick up on what they believe to be foreign invaders in your body, things that they need to fight off when in actuality, that's not the case. And so your immune system ramps up into overdrive and essentially tries to attack itself. And so people can experience MS symptoms in many different ways, but it, it does affect your nerves. And so when your autoimmune system is um, attacking itself, it then eats away at 
the myelin sheath of a nerve and, you know, can also cause and also does cause inflammation in the body. And like I mentioned, um, early on, my symptoms were more, um, lower body based because it affected my spine in that case. Um, but you know, I've also had recent experiences more in the kind of the brain and optic region. And so, um, yeah, I just like to explain is your body gets confused and thinks it's doing a good job to keep yourself healthy, but is actually not. And that's, that's beautifully described, Bridget. Uh, autoimmune, auto means against yourself. And immune is the immune system. In immune systems, without them, we are dead. Okay, that's mm -hmm. what we see with HIV, where your immune system fails, and every infection that there is just comes home. Every cancer there is starts uh, happening because your your police in the body, the immune system, uh, does no longer work. It does no longer attack the nasties. But yeah, you're quite right. In 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 autoimmune diseases, the body starts attacking its own tissues. And in your case, it's the myelin sheath. It's the the lining of each nerve that allows us to send super fast signals down from the brain to the body and vice versa. In other parts, it might be the liver that uh, gets attacked. The thyroid can get attacked. There are many many organs that the body can confuse with invaders that can get attacked. And each of them is unique uh, in the symptoms and the settings, the implications, the outcome. So you can't compare necessarily one immune disease with the other. Having said that, Bridget, you have already alluded to, many of the immune diseases have got very common features and these are the, the yeah the not so nice things which we'll talk about it in a moment because of course it scares the living daylights out of you that you're tingling from from your belly button downwards uh, but there are other symptoms which ones were there for you how did it manifest itself yeah it's so interesting because I now am more aware of the other symptoms which can be common for anyone things like fatigue brain fog, um, you know, just feeling like much how you described that the nerve signals in your body just aren't working well. And so a lot of ways that that does manifest is, you know, and something that's a lot more common that I think we can all relate to feeling, which is just, we know when our bodies are particularly tired or fatigued and um, when our brains aren't working right, when our memory's off or, um, you know, sometimes it's even just like small changes in coordination. When I'm walking, I'll notice, you know, a little bit of wobbliness that isn't always there. And so it's very subtle. Um, I think back then when I was first diagnosed, I wasn't really tapped into my body. And so the symptoms had to get so big to the point where I couldn't ignore them. Mm. But now, and it's still hard sometimes, but you know, now it's a lot more easy for me to catch when I'm feeling a bit more exhausted than usual and how to differentiate that, differentiate that between regular tiredness and something that might be a bit more. So true. So true. The fatigue, the fogginess, the, that's, uh, the, 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 for those of you who are a bit, a bit older, had children, the mummy brain, where you think, what the hell? You know, you were sharp as just a year ago before the pregnancy and now three months into sleep deprivation. You think, yeah, you're right. And I guess that is that is probably a comparable thing. The problem is that, that uh, it is not so easy to pick it up when you're in the midst of it, number one. Number two, also autoimmune diseases typically come in waves in in kind of a good times, bad times kind of thing. And it can be a challenge. And MS is renowned for its, its cause and about, uh, you know, about a third of people with, with uh, cut 
Um, I don't want to go into too much of, of MS. I don't want to. This is not. Yeah. This is not about a medical lecture on MS. Uh, yeah. This is this is your journey. So therefore, <laughs> I, I, okay. I, I I stop myself here. Otherwise, <laughs> it, it becomes a bloody lecture. That's not what I'm here for. It's interesting. For. <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. <laughs> so let's try it again. Okay. <laughs> Multiple sclerosis is is exactly such a beast that comes and goes. And sometimes patients are lucky, about a third of the patients, the, 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 the funky symptoms come and then they truly go. And a third of them, the symptoms come and then unfortunately they don't go all away. And then a third of them, the funky symptoms come and they're staying. And then it's a new kind of plateau. So different people with MS behave differently. But what we all hope for when you have got something like that, that you are one of these, these people who have got a level, something happens, you drop down in your functionality and then come back up with whatever it takes. Sometimes it's the body itself. Sometimes it might need heavy uh, medications such as steroids, etc. And sometimes it is just you paying attention to the body. And that is, of course, the journey that we want to look at here today, because there will be there will be things where you need your doctor, but that's not what we're doing here. We are not talking today about the medical aspects uh, of MS or any autoimmune disease. What I'm keen to hear is from Bridget, your your journey from a teenager who is probably confused like the deer in the headlights mm -hmm. to now the life coach who addresses this similar problems with her clients. Mm. So this would have not happened overnight. Tell me about that journey. Yeah, absolutely. It all started about three years ago. Um, I had a particularly tough year with my relapses and had a couple in the course of about eight months. And at the end of the second relapse, I, as you mentioned, you know, consulted with my neurologist, took the medication I needed to take, felt like I got myself back to where I could start to reheal. But, you know, then realized that I didn't want to continue to take a gamble when it came to my health. And I felt like there was so much more I could be doing to be proactive and create a more balanced life that could either lengthen the times between relapses or make the symptoms much more manageable. And, you know, especially thinking long term as I grew older, it's something that, you know, I think anyone with some sort of autoimmune or chronic condition, you know, there's a lot of fear about the future when you have a diagnosis. And I just felt like I hadn't really yet dived in into the more natural ways that I could be. Um, starting to heal my body. And I don't even think I quite knew at the time just how much I would appreciate this journey and, and how far I would come. And so I actually started by hiring um, my own holistic nutritionist because, you know, as you mentioned, it's so hard to sift through the information online and it's hard to know what you can trust or who's writing what and what the ulterior motives are. And I found someone through Instagram who I had been following for a while and just through my personal interest became more immersed in health and wellness accounts. And then just felt the urge to message this person and ask for her rates because I just felt like I felt desperate at the time. I needed help. I needed support. And I just felt like Yes, I could try and go it alone, but how much more great would it be if I could have some help um, and someone who I knew could kind of trust me in this journey, um, you know, in conjunction with my neurologist, my other doctors as well. And that really, it was about, you know, the end, I remember is around the holidays. So I started working with her and making some pretty sweeping changes to my diet, um, reducing a lot of inflammatory foods initially. Um, but I just remember it being this, um, 
super like fast period of time. It just felt like it flew by so fast where all of a sudden three months later, I've been working with this nutritionist and all of a sudden just really developed this love for uh, holistic health, integrative health and functional medicine, you know, really thinking about what's going on beneath all the symptoms that we're seeing. And, you know, I loved working with my neurologist on how to treat my specific symptoms, but, you know, are there other things going on in my body that I can help rebalance to make that whole experience of my symptoms better? And um, I loved it so much that I decided that I wanted to get trained and certified myself to help others, (laughs) which... It perfect. happened all so fast. <laughs> perfect, perfect. You, you know what you have actually just described as a 12-step program. Do you know that? <laughs> no, a, I didn't. <laughs> without sitting in one <laughs> single chair. <laughs> well, okay, you sat in a few waiting rooms. I give you that. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's essentially you, you realize you've got a problem. Then you take stock. Then you figure out which changes you need to make. Then you get so hooked onto the journey that you think, hey, this is cool. I need to teach others about it. Mm-hmm. bang that's the 12 steps and oh, great. good 12 steps so no, yeah. well done you well done <laughs> um so here you are uh the out of interest when you started your journey with this uh, uh food or health coach uh what was her label what how did she describe herself she described herself as a holistic nutritionist. Holistic nutritionist. I love mm-hmm. that. Um, and actually, that's that's a bit of a funny, it's a funny name because every nutritionist, by definition, is holistic. Um, right. uh, yeah, so, so therefore, oh, I, I go with it. Um, mm-hmm. The holistic nutritionist, be, well, before she worked with you, what was your most favorite spread of breakfast so in in the sense of if you would have had a really nice brunch um what would be on the table oh my gosh brunch i mean i love eggs which um you know i definitely still eat now but i had to cut back for a minute <laughs> don't tell us don't tell us yet don't tell us <laughs> okay. tell, tell me the, the beautiful okay. so if you if I, okay. if I would have come around as a guest to your house for brunch what would you have laid on the table um, definitely some amazing like sourdough toast or some really just amazing bread. I do some eggs, like an omelet with cheese. Got to have some cheese. <laughs> um, you know, a mimosa, you know, throw some champagne in there, um, you know, for people who want some. And, um, you know, I'd add some fruit and stuff, but definitely like cheese and eggs and bread. You got to love it. You oh, and bacon. Good. Oh, and bacon. You have described the typical German breakfast. It is, our tables would be identical. <laughs> so I love it. And exactly, exactly. And now I went on a similar journey to you. And I, without having an autoimmune disease, three, four years ago, five years ago, meanwhile, I said, is that it? Come on. Yes, I'm, I'm approaching the, the 50s, but... You know, constantly tired, fatigued, and aches here and there and everywhere. Is that it? So I went to Ben Boren here in New Zealand, who is a fantastic uh, holistic nutritionist, because that's truly the the label I would give him. I don't think he he uses it, but hey. Um, And we did some really funky testing and some expensive allergy testing. Blow me. there I was, um, gluten, dairy, eggs. I was allergic to a German breakfast, mm-hmm. okay? And not in the sense of, of being, oh my God, I eat it and I need to go to the emergency department. No, it was just creating chronic inflammation in my body. And I did not have a health diagnosis as such. I had just recognized that I did not want to be constantly tired and constantly run down the way I felt at that time. And of course, I was burning the candle on both ends. Um, that's mm-hmm. just me in a nutshell. But uh, my symptoms were probably more or less identical with the general symptoms that you had displayed with the autoimmune disease. For me, it was probably more a uh, self-inflicted damage. For you, you had no, 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 
you were not asked if it is okay that you have an autoimmune disease. But there you go. So you changed your nutrition. What happened? Yeah, I, um, you know, like I mentioned, we basically worked together, my nutritionist and I, on, you know, cutting a lot of the foods that are in the German breakfast that you just mentioned, um, at least to start because they tend to be the most common mm. allergens for folks. Uh, we also cut, you know, and that was huge. Cutting out bread and cheese from my diet was just so uh, drastic at the time. And then we also cut out some things like peanuts and corn and things that now I can, I know are okay for me and I can add them, you know, at certain times. But, um, for a while it was just kind of, let's cut it out with the idea that, um, we'll then better know what works for me and what doesn't, um, which is something I work with my clients on. But, you know, initially, um, we did that kind of more strict elimination diet for between two and three months. And it was unbelievable how I felt. I had so much more energy. I felt lighter. And of course, you know, all these things that we now know about what happens when you can cut back, you know, I just felt, um, yeah, like I felt less inflammation, which is essentially what happens. And I think that really is what kind of propelled me further down this path because I could just felt feel such a sudden change. Not only had my lingering symptoms from my previous relapse essentially gone away for the time being, I also was, um, I just think feeling more energized than I had ever been or as, as far as back as I could remember. So true. So true. Mm -hmm. For me at the time, I was I suffered from anastia tendinitis. In other words, my Achilles tendon was inflamed to a degree that every step was excruciating pain. And I had all kind of, of quite intensive uh, treatment for it. And whilst I was regaining function, the pain didn't go away. So if I, if I was doing 2,000 steps a day, then it was a lot uh, because it was just every step was, was severe, lancinating, mean pain. And I always suffer from, from hay fever. So that was never a pretty time. Yeah. And then I changed my nutrition. And mm -hmm. within two months, the, I was able to walk freely. The inflammation was gone, which previously 18 months was sitting there nasty, didn't budge whatsoever. Uh, within two months, that was gone. The aches and pains from previous sports injuries, gone. My hay fever, much improved. And I thought, bloody hell, this is, this is, this is what is going on here. And that was for me the first time that I truly, hand on heart, started to realize the importance of looking after your gut health and looking after your nutrition. And well, if you start with that, then you might as well look around what other things are out there that you could look at. And funny how such journeys start, isn't it? Mm -hmm. you, you suddenly think, hmm, hang on. So let's explore a bit more. So yeah. you, you were able to, to get on top of that relapse uh, with the nutrition. Now, of course, a skeptical doctor would say, oh, well, hang on. If you had just waited two months, that relapse would have gone away anyhow. So right. all your mumbo jumbo, bloody diets, oh, come on, it's all, all rubbish. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay, right. and and of course, as a doctor, we sometimes are skeptical and we say it's the placebo effect. Okay, mm -hmm. you're just doing something yeah. nice for you, and therefore your brain actually wants to believe that you're doing something right and mm -hmm. makes it happen. So right. it's all placebo; it's all in your head. Mm -hmm. I'm pulling your leg here. Come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's I've heard it. Right, it, it <laughs> definitely <right>. happens. <laughs> you, you know. Yeah, even working with my neurologist now, I'm lucky to have found someone who, you know, while she, you know, doesn't feel like she can necessarily prescribe, you know, these food and lifestyle changes, she does generally support um, what she calls just generally healthy eating. But I think that, you know, then where's 
that kind of falls short is it's so hard for people to know not only what is like known, you know, scientifically to be healthy, but also what works best for you because we're all so different. And so I think that that's what's hard for anyone navigating this is, um, you know, sometimes, you know, I actually discourage folks from really getting too deep into health trends when it comes to even natural stuff, because, you know, sometimes you're focusing on something that's so much more a trend, but you're not necessarily listening to your body around what it responds to. Very nice. Very nicely put. And uh, we are talking about subtle changes. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's not, not that, that you can sometimes easily put your fingers on it, Mm -hmm. but it is, and that's where maybe uh, your journaling and your, your, your keeping track on, on things comes, becomes so important because it is the small changes that you implement every day might have unnoticeable results yet only for someone who actually sees you only once a month and then comes around and says, wow, you look fantastic. Mm-hmm. What, wow, did you have a haircut or what was going on? And you, you have exactly the same hair. And what you realize mm-hmm. is that your inflammation uh, is actually much reduced. Your skin is, is much healthier. You look a million miles better. Your eyes are sparkling because you've got energy. And Mm -hmm. that's why you suddenly look so different, but you might have not realized it at all. Mm -hmm. So therefore, a good warning for all of you. And and I love it what you talk about the health trends. Um, Mm -hmm. There, have you been falling prey to it? Uh, when you started your journey, uh, were there health trends that you thought, oh, yeah, that that must be the solution. And I now eat garlic until it comes out of my ears, literally, or <laughs> or turmeric, or um, I don't know. Were there things that, that you subscribed to where you thought with hindsight, well, that wasn't really what I expected it to be? Mm-hmm. I'm lucky to not have fallen too much Um you know, victim to health trends. I think that, um, you know, I was lucky now, you know, I think even before I started this journey working with my nutritionist, I still saw myself to be someone who generally cared about my health. I just, my knowledge was that much more limited. And, you know, I think it is, it's easy to be like, oh, I'm just going to drink bone broth and that's going to solve my problems or, uh, you know, yeah, eat the raw garlic, you know, do these things. And I think what was super powerful for me was to learn, you know, A, why that information was floating around and to begin to be able to decode a little bit more of, oh, is this actually true? Is this not but to also realize that what is the difference between doing something long-term and implementing something that can be more naturally healing or supportive of your body and immune system? And what are those things where it's like, yeah, like you can do it for a long period of time or you can even do it a few times and it's not really going to make a difference, right? I think it's all about, um, you know, finding what impact you're looking for. Like, do you need, yes, like an herbal tea, like certain herbal teas, for example, can help calm anxiety or help you get a desirative effect short term. There's certain herbal remedies. Um, There are certain supplements you can take long term that are, um, you know, proven to be beneficial, you know, but of course I also like recommend that people get, test it and get like lab tests and make sure that they know that whatever they're supplementing with, whether it's food or pills or whatever, that it's actually going to help them because it's not something that's trendy is not a blanket solution for everyone. And that's really, really good to say. Also, what what might make sense for 98% of people out there might be actually a death sentence for you. Mm-hmm. For example, there is, uh, I, I came across a, a podcast from someone who uh, is an alcoholic in recovery, and he says, oh, all that potassium, do you need that? And especially because your, your body is starved in the first year after uh, after coming off alcohol, and he went out there, he went nuts, he went, oh, you need to eat bananas, and I read it, you need to eat 500 bananas before you get anywhere 
see. Yeah, right. That is true if your liver is normal and if your kidneys are normal. But if you happen to be in, in pretty close to end-stage renal failure and, and mm -hmm. one banana, two bananas might be enough to kick you over that you're really, really, really sick. So yeah. whilst he is maybe right for 98% of the, the times, mm -hmm. no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. Don't just listen to one voice out there and mm -hmm. follow uh, things. I have seen patients who overloaded with turmeric and ended in mm -hmm. liver failure. I have uh, read about patients, of every single thing that you can think about, if you do it too much, it mm -hmm. will bite you in the bum. Yeah. Zinc, we know zinc is so mm -hmm. important. So first of all, zinc is is incredibly powerful molecule out there, uh, or atom out there, um, and you need it. Guys, go out there, uh, treat your zinc levels and make sure that they are right. Mm. Now, don't just go now nuts, especially the boys amongst you, because if you get your zinc levels really high and really lovely, which is great for the immune system, it's not so great when you actually look at the risk of prostate cancer, because mm -hmm. that goes up. So again, you need to know, you need to do whatever you do, really learn more about it. Don't just follow a, a trend, go nuts on something, but actually see what happens when you actually, actually take too much of something and just learn you, you don't need to make that journey yourself you don't need to reinvent a wheel and and end up in an in intensive care bed because your 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 beautiful garlic uh that you ate now in in horrendous doses has actually interfered with the warfarin that you're on for your heart mm. rhythm problem and you're actually now bleeding to death because it is uh, it can yeah. bleed you more so these mm -hmm. are all the things so please guys mm -hmm. look into it proper don't just follow some some advice that you read somewhere whatever there is run it past your family physician mm -hmm. and they are there to help you in health and in in sickness and this might be a good thing. Talk to your uh, nutritionist. I think mm -hmm. these are the people who know so much more. And that would be a really good thing. And a good nutritionist will tell you, yes, do that for six months. And then be back mm -hmm. off and right. do something else. Exactly. So really, really important, guys. Um, I 100% support and subscribe to what Bridget is saying. Um, we can make so much difference by looking after our nutrition. Mm -hmm. We haven't even scratched the surface as doctors to understand mm -hmm. that. And that's where a holistic nutritionist is light years ahead of the medical field. And uh, But luckily, sooner rather than later, people will start to merge more and will come together in these divergent opinions of school medicine versus holistic medicine, functional medicine, that all will hopefully sooner rather than later merge because you one is nothing without the other mm -hmm. no brilliant yep yeah i think that's really important um you know i always encourage my clients and also when i'm setting a new program for myself i always make sure to check in with my neurologist mm -hmm. Uh, or my general practitioner to just double check that anything that I'm taking, you know, even though they're natural supplements, isn't going to interact with any other medication I'm taking at the time, or, um, you know, just to get their general thoughts, because um, much like you mentioned, it's, this is all in conjunction with each other, right? It's our doctors working with our nutritionists, our integrative health coaches, um, to, just give all around support for people. We have only touched upon the, the nutrition, which is mm -hmm. a huge part, please. Mm -hmm. um, are there, which other aspects of your journey were enlightening for you? Which other parts of the journey were opening your eyes to, to importance of something that we take for granted? Mm -hmm. So as you mentioned, the nutrition was just the first hurdle. And then after it was really interesting to then be like, okay, I, I felt like I have a good handle on this. I've gotten through this initial 
um, hurdle to where I'm now feeling better? What are these other facets of health that I should be looking at? And two big ones were stress and sleep for me. And it's something that I work with a lot of people on because it's so important. And I think there's still um, a lack of common knowledge around just how detrimental stress can be. Um, you know, that's why I referenced my 13 to 15 year old self because, uh, you know, as being kind of very stressed out and run down because I think it's very common for people to go their whole lives more or less in a very stressed out state. And so that was the next big thing for me was looking at, um, just the certain causes of stress in my life. And, you know, in my training, we also look at stress from a holistic perspective. It's not only situational work, career, relationships. It's also um, toxins in the environment. It's also digestive stress from when you are eating those inflammatory foods or when you are breathing in toxins from uh, home cleaning supplies or beauty supplies. Um so it very much started with what we think of as stress, which was, okay, how much is work stressing me out? How much are relationships or just my daily life stressing me out? But the more I learned, the more I was like, oh, stress is everywhere when you, when we look at it. Um, and so, so that's definitely a big one. And I think that comes hand in hand with sleep because, you know, it's harder for people to sleep these days. And, um, so designing a proper kind of sleep routine for me was also really important. Couldn't agree more. Um, this is probably one of the things that I still fall down Mm -hmm. because I, my brain is so keen. Mm-hmm. I want to learn and I want to do things. I want to create things. I want, mm-hmm. uh, I want, 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 want. And uh, give me more coffee. <laughs> yep. <ever> be. <laughs> okay. It's so true. Yeah. It happens. <laughs> that's me in a nutshell. That is probably one of my vices uh, and one of my fall downs. But then again, my, my life is so beautiful and so clear and creative that I, I, I sometimes hate to go to sleep. But the sleep is so important. Mm-hmm. I, sleep, I, I just brought a book, My Steps to Sobriety, and in there I sort of go a bit into the, the sleep patterns and why sleep is so important. And on the flip side, what alcohol does to sleep or what mm-hmm. stress does to sleep. And it, it just falls it all over. And you really need that sleep to heal you need that sleep for your brain to process some of the things that happened during the day. And if you take away these, these restorative times for your body, well, you're essentially going all out for a beautiful burnout. And please, please, I've got the T-shirt. I printed the T-shirt. I make T-shirts burnout because that's me. Okay, so guys, believe me, it is uh, something like that needs to be addressed. So, what are some of the ways how you addressed the sleep, uh, the the uh, stress in your life, or what do you do with your clients? What, how do you do approach stress? Mm-hmm. I think the first big step is building awareness around. Uh, how you feel in your body and what stress feels like for you and to take stock of what is stressing you out. Because like you said, I think it's so easy to ignore what your body is telling you, to ignore when you're feeling tired or run down or stressed, um, or to even acknowledge that something is stressing you out. And the way that I approach that with clients is often through something simple like journaling, or if they're up for it, um, I work with them to adopt some sort of mindfulness or meditation practice. That has been super beneficial for me. And I, for years now, have like dabbled in different types of meditation. And so I think, you know, for people who are new to that, they don't understand that there are different types because of course, everyone's different. And, um, you know, I think finding some way to, practice mindfulness with a bit of self-reflection, whether it's journaling or just kind of, you know, thinking at the end of the day, like what are the ways, how did I feel today? And what are the ways did I, you know, help or harm that I think can be really beneficial. 
hugely so, hugely. Um, even when you're on journeys like you're on mine, where you self-discover and where you work on yourself uh, pretty much every day, there will be times that are just shit. They're just, you You just have to roll with the punches when there's nothing you can do about the circumstances that are suddenly there. But it's especially important that you don't recognize what is happening to you and that you find ways how to deal with it. The meditation, I, I, I always found, I always had trouble with meditation until I realized that for me, actually going into a spa, into a jacuzzi, uh, becomes 20 minutes of complete meditation because I'm doing exactly that, self-reflecting. I, I certainly do not think of anything anymore. It is, it is, I've figured out that that, for me, is one of the most powerful things I can do to recharge my energy and to just, press the pause button for a bit and actually let my body catch up with things. So for me, that was the eureka moment when I find myself lying there in the spa and suddenly, wow, you're actually meditating here. Um, other people who, again, maybe don't like so much the, the, the holistic language or the, the spirituality, which, which frown a bit upon that, they find a tremendous amount of energy by walking uh, in the forest or just sitting down under a tree, literally just sitting down there and or maybe watching a sunset, making a point of actually um, spending 15 minutes on the beach with the shoes and socks off and the feet in the sand and just playing with their toes in the sand. Um, so you don't need to, to label it with, with uh, big words as long as you can give your body what it needs, which is self-reflection and the pause button. I think that is whatever you establish in your life. If it works for you, brilliant. Right. But you, but the insight is so important, isn't it? When you don't realize mm -hmm. that your body needs that, you just keep going and going and going and going until you collapse, literally. Right. Oh, how many times did I do that? Bloody hell, burnout. Same, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you just come down with the major cold and your body is all absolutely awful. Um, and I mean, what is the, the link between stress and distress? and MS, the relapses. Mm. You looked into that far more than I recently have. Um, what is the, is there a strong link? Yeah, you know, at least in the, um, you know, kind of functional and integrative health um, circles, stress is often, for any autoimmune disease, um, there's always a stressful incident or more times than not, there's a stressful incident that can be the catalyst that really sets symptoms in motion. And so, you know, everyone who has some sort of autoimmune diagnosis or chronic diagnosis, um, you know, I think we all experience times where our symptoms might be not noticeable at all and times where they are right in front of you and um, there is more and more knowledge about some sort of stressful uh, event. It could be anything, but being really the trigger um, when things do get out of control. Hmm. Mm, crikey. I mean, there's no easy point with the, with the MS. There is no easy, uh, easy way out mm -hmm. and it's quite it's intriguing these are chronic conditions that we are talking about and here you are you have you have developed the insight you have developed the skill set to first help yourself and now help your coaches your coaches your guests shall i say mm -hmm. your clients mm -hmm. um, here you are being proud of the journey that you have taken have your relapses stopped? No, 
they haven't. And so that's a big thing to keep in mind. Um, you know, about, about a month ago, I had another small relapse come on and it was such a surprise because, you know, there's always part of you that wants to say like, Oh, that is just behind me. (laughs) And it's just not, unfortunately, you know, it's unfortunately not true. The, progress and especially when it comes to health is not linear and there's always going to be times of success and times of setback. And, um, yeah, so it was a little, you know, like I said, I I was experiencing a new symptom than I typically experience, uh, more in my optic nerve and my right eye. I had some blurry vision, which can be a common MS symptom, but hadn't been one for me. And, So that was interesting, you know, going back to the self-reflection, you know, I, there was, of course, I had to work through the emotions of being upset, feeling defeated, but then I more quickly than usual got to this point where I said, well, Hey, like my body's still feeling really great, even with this symptom that I'm experiencing. And I can't imagine a time when you know, my relapse didn't affect like my whole body and really kind of put me out of commission for a while. And so to me, I was like, okay, you know, this is more manageable. I know how to do this. I'm well equipped to get back on track. And I think that's just how you have to look at it. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Because the, the these diseases are defined by relapses occurring again and again and again, only because you change your life. Even if you change your life dramatically, that does not guarantee you a 100% success rate. That is, There is nothing in medicine that is 100% success. However, if you follow the two goals of increasing the time between relapses and minimizing the symptoms when they occur, uh, wow, if you can achieve that with whatever is necessary and improve your life in the whole by just doing the other things like the mindfulness, meditation, the focus on nutrition, and you're having an abundant energy with which you can tackle the rest of your life and do all those things because, uh, yes, you have got MS. Yes, you've got that autoimmune disorder, but that's probably not how you define yourself. Hi, I'm Bridget, and I have MS. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Here's, I'm Bridget, and I have that vision, that dream. That's what I want to do with my life. That's you. Yeah, you have yeah. MS too. Yes, yeah, so what? Okay, this might be interesting for if you talk to a doctor, but, you know, otherwise MS, yeah. Hey, so, yeah. Uh, and it's beautiful. So that focus on something else. So who are you when you don't have MS? Who is the Bridget? Who is who is the Bridget now? And who what is the Bridget like that you envision in two years, five years time? That's a great question. I so I started my own business as a health coach, and that's you know a relatively new journey that started at the beginning of this year. Um great time to do it during you know widespread <laughs> pandemic uh, yeah no it is a great time don't put yourself <laughs> down it is a perfect time just not for your finances but you can test you can talk mm-hmm. you can you can you can you know develop yourself come on yep <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And um, I, I do have a day job as a communications professional uh, here in San Francisco. And so, you know, I definitely stay busy with that. And, um, you know, even regardless of shelter in place, I am very fortunate to live in a place that has beautiful outdoor spaces. So I spend a lot of time in nature, um, urban hiking, hiking in the forest nearby, Uh, by the ocean. And so that's how I, especially now, that's how I'm spending most of my time. And uh, yeah, just uh, trying to maintain some sort of, you know, normal lifestyle amidst all of this. Hmm. Urban hiking, what's that? Mm -hmm. So in San Francisco, there are just these amazing nature spaces in the middle of the city and um, often sometimes in the middle of, you know, 
skyscraper buildings and all kinds of stuff. But yeah, it's a, it's a term that we use where, you know, we're in the city, but also in nature. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. No, we, we are not displaced but, uh, that we have things in our cities here. Mm-hmm. Um, having said that, there are, there are actually, I'm lying, I'm lying. If I look at Auckland or Wellington, there is, there are a lot of parks. There are a lot of uh, things. And now that I think about it, uh, Auckland is actually sort of uh, about eight kilometers wide and about 40 kilometers long as a, as a city. And there are walks where you can actually go coast to coast, literally wow. walk through the city from, from one coast to the other and things like that. And yeah, exactly. And our parks are actually very beautiful. I was more thinking Rotorua, the smaller town in which I live. There is nothing inside us parks, but mm-hmm. please, within within 20 minutes, we are anywhere in the most beautiful nature that you could mm-hmm. ever wish for. So please, so it is, I think the, uh, it just shows that I'm no longer living in huge towns mm-hmm. that initially my brain said, nah, no, <laughs> <But in laughs> yeah. real. but it's the hiking. It's the going back to nature. It's the, mm-hmm. it's the just taking time out and giving yourself time to think and process. And again, we're coming back to the restorative uh, abilities of your body that in our busy life, we take away from, from the body from the brain, from the mind, from the heart. We we just keep going, going, going. Stay focused on either our tablets or, or whatever we've got in our hands or focused on the job or focused on this, that, and not let our mind roam mm. and let let yeah, let ourselves heal for the for the lack of a better word. So cool, cool, a new journey for you, Bridget. Mm-hmm. Uh, five years time. Oh, yeah. Five years time. I mean, I hope to be coaching full time. I am definitely learning right now. I'm actually incorporating more energy healing into my approach. So I really want to kind of provide both of that mind and body and spirit component for my clients and would love to start building more of a community for especially younger women with autoimmune diseases because I think that is still not a super robust community, although it is growing. Um, And yeah, just really doing this full time because it it definitely is my passion. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. And I so wish it to you that that your passion will thrive and and develop into uh, an unstoppable force of nature to, to where just improving people's lives is not just an option but a guaranteed outcome when people touch your sphere of influence if people already now are thinking wow Bridget is amazing uh how can they get hold of you how can uh they they get in contact Yeah, so they can find me on Instagram. My handle is at immune.intuition. And I also have a website, immuneintuition.com. And that's also where right now, if you sign up for my email list, I'm doing a free uh, weekly one-week reset guide, which helps you tap back into your body. What we talked about, you know, have some journal prompts and some rituals and some ways to really... uh, get back into your intuition and, and listen to your body and what it needs to heal. Um, so they can sign up for my newsletter too. Cool. And guys look down there in the description of the podcast and of the YouTube video, because the links will be in there. So feel free. This is a, this is a journey that is so rewarding. It is beautiful. It's mind-blowing when you look back at it, when you have done this journey, how far you have come. And I think that is again and again and again, what I get from my guests, Bridget, is not just someone who read it in a book and thought, oh, that sounds sexy. I'll (laughs) do that from now on. No, Bridget has been in the shit herself and actually crawled out and learn so much more about herself by doing that and is now using that insight and the newfound expertise and skills to help others. What more do you want? 
This is exactly, exactly what we need out there. People who have got the inside, but who also have developed a common sense. And this common sense, with that I mean to integrate all the sources, all the resources that we have got together. It is not good that you only take pills and forget about your body. And it's not good that you only think about mind and meditation and not see that you're heading towards disaster because a particular uh, symptom of your autoimmune disease is about to kill you because you didn't actually go to your doctor. Neither is sensible. Integrate and define the vision for your life. What is your mission? What is your destiny? Where do you want to go? This is the time to live in the moment. This is the time to think hard, where do you want to be? And it doesn't matter if you're 25, it doesn't matter if you're 75, it's still the same thing. What do you want to do when you grow up, okay? And but there are many 75 years who are only just starting to grow up. So for crying out loud, age is not an issue. So figure out what you want to do. Always try to be the stupidest member of your team, okay? Bring a team, a success team together. You can't know it all. There is no way. And you don't want to know it all. It's how can you? Do you want to really know every intricacy of accounting, of building a house, of renovating, of etc.? if you do real estate investing? No. You say, okay, I actually would like to have one or two or three houses and be financially healthy. Well, that's cool. Bring a team of accountants, etc., together. That's what you would do. Yet with your health, you try to do it, A, without help, all just by listening to some fats here or there? I don't think so. How, how about you bringing some cool guys in that you trust, where you build a rapport with, who you can ask? Where, because things are dynamic. Things will change. And you need to have that access to someone to say, hey, look, we've got something new happening here. What do you think? Where should we go? And that's, I think Bridget is a damn good part of such a team. Um, so now I'm, I'm, I'm so honored to have spoken today with you and to, to have learned from your journey because your, your mindset now is a beautiful, serene, calm mindset that is probably light years away from the deer in the headlights that you were when you were 15. Mm -hmm. So how beautiful is that? And just looking at that transformation makes you realize that actually what she's doing, guys, seems to work. So right. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> time to call Bridget. Yeah. So how did you do that? And what can I do? <laughs> exactly. I'm happy to talk to people about that. <laughs> Brilliant. Bridget, thank you so much for your time today, for your passion, for your insights. It was, an, as I said, an absolute honor. And I will follow your, your progress and I will actually uh, test out your, your funnel by giving my email address. I want to see the, the seven days reset um, because I, I, yeah, at the moment I'm, I'm doing all these beautiful interviews, etc. But of course, I'm burning the candle. On, on free ends and the middle. Um, so <laughs> time to reset, time to put uh, my money where my mouth is. So let's work together here. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank cool. you so much for having me. Absolutely. Guys, you out there, look after yourself. Uh, stop, press the, the pause button for a moment. Think, are you still really heading the right way? And look after yourself in the most holistic and beautiful way possible. Look after yourself, guys. Bye.